So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields. And yonder, to the left, we have Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm good. It feels weird to be sitting on your left, though. I remember not so long ago when I was sitting on your right. Yes, and much shorter distance. A little bit. A little bit. But things are good. Things are really... I've had some weirdness around the house um, in the past couple of days, especially with the animals. They have decided to make friends with each other, which just... <laughs> that was way out of the ballpark. Didn't expect that. But it's good. So things are peaceful here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great that Chico has a friend after having been, you know, semi-hostile towards other animals for so long. Semi-hostile? Ah, uh, oh, oh, yes. Okay. We're being polite tonight. Okay. All the way hostile. <clears throat> Really yes. like, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, he he hates anything with fur. But um, I am I am glad for him that he's made a new friend um, and a, a new partner in crime, so to speak. Um, although I wish they wouldn't work so hard together at getting to my garbage or food on the counter or anything else. I, I am grateful that he's finally found somebody that he can hang out and chill with and not feel intimidated by. Yeah, so for, for interestingly, listeners who may not know what we're talking about, since that's sort of the theme of our banter tonight, I guess, um, yes. is uh, Ch- Chico is her little, she calls him neurotic chihuahua. <clears throat> neurotic, right? So he's Highly right neurotic. Neurotic. Okay, yes. yeah. Because yeah. I think I said Highly psychotic neurotic. once, and you were like, no, he's not psychotic, he's neurotic. And I was like, okay. And, um, but has made friends with the new cat, relatively new cat in the house, the Stevie, yeah? Steve? Yes, Stevie. Stevie? Stevie. And, um, Stevie. Stevie Nicks, named after Stevie Nicks. Ah, I was either that or Stevie Ray Vaughan. Had to be something up there. But um, <laughs> Stevie is the most, at least from the photos, and then I, I get the description as well, the most laid-back, chill cat that just, you know, but has teamed up with Chico and, and made friends because Stevie will go up on the counter of the tra- steal some food. And then brings it down and shares it, and they sit next to each other like partners in crime do, and eat their little spoils of war, and uh, or thievery, as the case may be. And uh, I figure, yeah. you know, Stevie just was like, "Look, you're messing up my chill, trying to be my enemy and stuff. Here, have some food." <laughs> and now we're friends, eh? Ah, cool, man. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's 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 pretty crazy, but I think it's 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 a wonderful example of that. 
energetic that we often talk about. Like all you need to do really is show a little love um, and a little understanding, a little compassion, give a little, and you might be surprised at how people respond to that. You know, it doesn't take much. A little offer of food can change a neurotic, I hate the world, chihuahua into, yeah, I'll hang out with you and eat because this is fun. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and it, again, it's our animals finding ways to show us how to integrate that everyday connection into our everyday lives. Um, and, and that brings up a really important topic because we can't just – shuffle it aside and not acknowledge um, the tragic occurrence that happened yesterday in Boston. Yep. But in saying that, it, it's part of our everyday connection beliefs that it's never healthy to focus for extended periods of time on the negative. We acknowledge that you have to be aware of it, and we acknowledge that you have to be compassionate to those who have suffered through these events. But at the same time, we'd like to remind you again that it is for you to choose how you're going to react. And when faced with hate and fear, and it's possible that in the, in the days following this event, you are going to be inundated, literally, with messages of fear. It's up to you, yourself, to decide what space you want to remain in. So do you want to answer that hate and fear with love, compassion, understanding, and hold your center, remain grounded, keep your faith in humanity, and know that one act, one person's act of hate or fear does not define humanity as a race. So Never. don't lose your faith. We are still moving forward. We are still full of light and love. We as a race are still connected. We still care. And look for when you see those scary videos and snapshots and, and, and interviews, look for the acts of kindness that you are going to see in the background and focus on that and then you will see more of it. So we remind you that while you're feeling compassion and, and sending your prayers to the families and to the victims, that you hold your center and, and hold on to your faith in humanity because that's vitally important at all times. Um, Absolutely. And so, our, our dear friend Dana Merkich, uh, who's been on the show before uh, from down in Australia, uh, posted about it almost uh, immediately. Um and um, she's got some good lines in, in this. Very short, like three paragraphs, but it's too tiny short. Uh, it says, today is a day to cry, but it doesn't have to be a day to go into fear. And that's where the interrupting that train or that, that habit, habitual thought train of, yes, it's a day to cry. Things happen, you know. I, I You never know. I might just break down balling because I miss my dog. It's You know, sometimes it just happens. And it's not good to stuff that stuff down and say, you know, I'm a light worker. I'm not supposed to have negative emotion. <clears throat> There's not No, a, by all means, acknowledge them the and person. embrace them because that's a part and of you that's human. Let it go. If you want to wail and cry and, and rend your shirt and all of that, you know, classical uh, grief, uh, like I said, I do it. And and it's good to let that out, but then you don't take that and run down the road with it. You you know you do that when you when you step into a big mud hole. You don't scoop up a bucket of mud and just keep stepping in it as you go down the trail. You just keep going. You pull your foot out of the mud and you keep going. And and it's that turning it into fear, which you know 
turns into anger and hate and suffering and, I don't know, Yoda. I, but um, we've had Yoda on the brain lately, ever since Costa Rica. Um Popping up. I don't know what that's about, but yeah. But, uh, um, uh, you know, her big deal was, you know, it's easy to look at all these pictures and all this stuff and think, you know, oh, no, the world's going to, and she's got funny squigglers that means shite. Uh, but here's what I saw, and this is what this is Dana saying this, but it's a good perspective, perception to take. She saw the flags of countries from all around the world flying together, people from all around the world running together spectators sharing a day together, and people running in to help right after the bombs went off without thinking about their own safety. People just run right in there. And there, so there actually was a lot of that in the footage. Um, I, I actually turned the volume down to, to look at the footage because the newscasters were using um, a few choice words that I didn't really feel that it was necessary for me to hear. Um, and I'm not going to repeat them here, but they were definitely fear-centered and hate-centered. So I'm not going to go down that path. But what I am going to tell you is what I saw. And in seeing the footage from several different ang angles, thank goodness for our modern technology and the advancements that we've made and, and for human you know, just willingness to express and to share. There were so many different angles. But what I found absolutely remarkable was that as the bombs, right, right after, instantly after the bombs went off, people ran towards that, like, towards. And you would think that it's in, within your natural instinct to run away from something that's potentially life-threatening and dangerous. But people ran towards, like, what can I do? What can I help? There's somebody, obviously somebody's hurt over there. I'm going there because that's where I need to be. And that's a huge testament, again, to that human sense of responsibility compassion and and our desire to be there for our fellow man in their time of need so never forget that that is an innate quality of a human being never lose that faith again in humanity because they've we've we've proven it true to each other generation after generation after generation i mean we can go back thousands of years literally of there's always going to be somebody there to help so don't focus on the hurt focus on the help and your hopefully your perspective and and your not i'm not going to say acceptance because i don't i don't think that it's okay to accept these active acts of violence but i'm going to your understanding perhaps of of how this all works will will evolve and that is my well, hope uh, for people to be able to look at these things and not be afraid Right. of them so that they disappear because once we have so much faith in humanity that um it can't be shaken and and I mean this on the, in the collective sense once we have that uh, as a collective consciousness then then these things are going to go away and they're not going to happen anymore so remember that that the power is within you to choose in every moment how you want your world to be because when you perceive your world and you choose to change your perception of it your world changes so hold on to that and remember that it's it's a universal truth and yeah you know that yeah. i it, it, that's my gift it, there's a choice of perception I, in everything and you know oh my goodness there was this horrible earthquake the earth's getting ready to crack apart or there was this earthquake it's you know some of mother's birth pangs giving birth to New Earth and heaven on earth, and you 
You know, you say, well, that's Pollyanna. You're sticking your head in the sand. No, I saw it. I acknowledge it. And in fact, it's good because look at this piece that was so good. There's always a good piece in there somewhere. Always. 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 And, and it's your choice of how you perceive the world around you. And, um, Absolutely. You know, of course, not like us to talk about choice and perception. No, no, not at all. And I, I, I would be willing to bet by George, <laughs> which we will explain to our guest, who I was just going to introduce um, in a moment, because I'm sure he's going to ask, yes. um, who's this George person and what does he have to do with choice and perception? Um, I, I believe that our guest tonight might have a lot to say about choice and perception. In fact, I'm almost positive without going too deeply into his history and knowing I just looking in his eyes of his pictures I, I think he probably has a handle on choice and perception and how that whole thing kind of works out in our favor it certainly looks that way and and of course you know for any of our new guests this evening uh, we, we kind of play that game Jane comes to the show basically uh, shows up and talks she doesn't do research on our guests and um, she knows them a little bit these days because she's handling the schedule. But um, uh, you know, any of you scheduling mavens out there that would like to volunteer, keyword being volunteer, uh, you know, she'd love to let you handle that because she likes to show up and bring the guest, uh, the the uh, you know, show guest, uh, listener perspective. I knew there was a word in there I was digging for, it and it wasn't guest listener perspective of I don't know who's who's this what. And um, so right. we'll we'll get around to that. Who is this? I suppose this is a good time. We've passed the patient's test. Thirteen minutes. I think it. wonderful. He did, yeah. and that's a very lucky number. That's a lovely number. In our I, world, I, so. I, I, yeah. I noticed that for just for you. Um, but we have with us a uh, author, um, fellow who's in a place that we were recently there. He's in Costa Rica. Uh, also spends some time in Texas, so you know, gosh, there's got to be something good there because that's two grand places to be. And um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, oh, I'm in Texas. Yeah, okay, I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, no, really, the show tonight's about this this wonderful author who's uh, written an amazing first book in a series called Stellar Resolve. Uh, that's the book, not the series. Uh, but we'll let him tell you that his name is Jameson Schultz. How are you, Jameson? Hey guys, I'm good. How are you? It's just fantastic. Beautiful. Hey, thanks for having me on tonight, guys. And uh, I hope that you guys are as comfortable and warm and fuzzy as we are down here in Costa Rica right now, wherever you are. Always, we take Costa Rica with us. <laughs> that's good. I think there's a. I think that's duty free these days. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's one of those things you, you they can't, can't do. You can't. Uh, you can't charge customs um, prices for love and right. peace and serenity. Right. You certainly can't. I, I, well, I've always so, thought it was uh, odd because it, they call it customs, but that's one thing they can't charge your taxes on are your customs. <laughs> your customs. It's your that's items awesome. that they're interested in. But yeah, but anyway, <clears throat> I digress. <laughs> so, Jameson, we'll start the evening off with um, you know our one question, and then we'll go from there. Let's do that. The big question. Dum, dum, dum. Who on earth are you and what do you do? Say that again. Who am I and what do I do? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, who am I? Um, that's a daily question I ask myself. 
what hat do I wear today or what am I doing today? When you break it down, I'm a guy that was born in West Texas to a great family, spent my life traveling, and ended up in Costa Rica about 10 years ago. Decided to leave the U.S. and look for customs and perception and ideas that I couldn't get in my own home country. And for the last 10 years, I've been out of the U.S., primarily teaching and training yoga teachers and, and um, also doing body work and light work all around the world, Europe, Asia, Australia. Now I'm lucky to be back in Costa Rica. Um, it's been a year now, not a year. It's been uh, five, four, four and a half months, I guess, since the book was published. It's been over a year or two since I finished it. But the book, Stellar Resolve, has been out since the 15th of December, and I couldn't be happier with the way it actually looks, ink on paper. Isn't that just the coolest feeling? I just, I still to this day, and I'm, I'm, I'm a pen person. I that's what I do. I'm a wordsmith. I write stuff. I cannot describe the feeling of the first day I held my first hard copy book in my hands. Yeah, it's eerie. You can't. It's very surreal. It is. It's. Well, it was a while after it had been printed that someone actually brought me one to Costa Rica because I hadn't I, – I'd seen one. I think my mother had the first one that I saw. Amazon got to her first. And then I started getting various reports along the line of friends who were like, holy sh – you know, this is great. I love it. When's the next one? And I'm like, seriously, the ink's not dry. Just relax. Because <laughs> they, they always want to know. You spit that first one out, and they're like, well, where's the next one? Well, it hasn't been written yet. I'll let you know when it's time. Because it's, it's one of the things that... Patient, I am really happy about that. You know, I'm really happy about that. And that is awesome. It's very awesome that that can, it came, came rebounding off the launch of your first book. So you end up in Costa Rica 10 years mm -hmm. ago because mm -hmm. you're looking for something. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, did you know... At the time that you were looking for something, that you were looking for something, or did you just know that what was wasn't working wasn't working? You know, it's interesting. And how did all that came about? Well, I would imagine it's probably the two years before I moved to Costa Rica were my last two years of university. I was up in uh, northern Colorado, and the idea of Dharma was really working its way into my heart. And I began to look at the ideas of what am I doing? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I where I'm supposed to be? And about that time, with everything that was happening, uh, us going into war, you know, into Iraq, those kind of things, it was just, I felt a very uncomfortable energy in America. And every other day, a word, the word Costa Rica would come to, into my and somehow, whether it was someone saying it, seeing it on TV, seeing it in books, the universe was slapping me in the face with Costa Rica. So I said, yeah, I'm sure. I'll listen. Let's go. So I came for a visit, um, went back and did uh, finished massage school in Denver and came back just in time for high season. It was back, uh, God, what was I, 29? Wow, and a lot more hair at the time. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it was, uh, as the other American on the line, uh, with our Canadian friend up there, the energy did get a little uh, uh, icky uh, and thick and icky. Icky's a good word. And, Icky's uh, a good word. You, you, you know, as a Texan, and uh, being from the same hometown as uh, 
he who will not be named. Uh, you know, it just yeah, it was icky to feel what was going on at that time. Yeah, and um, uh, certainly um, in our recent, you know, when somebody said Costa Rica, and you know, you'll have to come sometime, and I happen to be going next week. Really? Okay, meet you there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I surprised my partner. I don't know. Uh, it was just time. Yeah, you really did. But um, yeah, you really did. Um, and I'm happily surprised, though. I I love those kind of surprises. Oh yeah. But it it when it's time, it's time, and you just your heart knows. And if you'll let your heart tell you, you things usually work out well. But I would imagine that the the kind of balance uh, that that I felt. Um, was a refreshing change from that density that was going on. I mean, it was dense and bleh up here. And, um, uh, and of course, Texas, it's not like, you know, that's not a right red Republican here. We're going to go get them kind of state or anything. <laughs> None of that. And um, so how was that? How was that contrast? I mean, we talk about contrast so often in the negative connotation and, I, I bet that was a really refreshing contrast. But you know, the, you, to use the word density, I think you you really nailed it. Um, it was a sledge that I felt I had to not get caught up in. I, I f- sort of foresaw the uh, downward spiral of the ego of America, and I just said, "It's I need to get the heck out of here." And to come here, I think I cried the first time I came to Costa, came back to Costa Rica. I'd come to visit when I came back to stay. I, I cried every time I would enter the airspace. It's just like the energy here, the prana here is so thick. And to look down at these rolling green hills, and then once I met the people and experienced the, the lifestyle that I felt I had known so many times before but had, had left unbeknownst to me, um, the contrast, wasn't contrasting it was inviting and welcoming and felt like why haven't i been here the whole time right on because it is i mean we 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 want to talk about you being an author but uh we're having our own little uh recent love affair with costa rica it it the people there and i if you go hunting i'm sure you can find some rude and abusive people somewhere i You'd have to look hard because most of the, almost every single person from right in the middle of San Jose to way out in the sticks, everything they did, they did with great pleasure. And they often said so, con mucho gusto. But even when they didn't say it, you just could tell. They were like, you know. You felt it. Yeah, you felt it. You felt it, it. Like, and that's the thing. It's a feeling. It's a feeling of appreciation for this gift that we call life. And when you experience that, that happened to me, and I, I'm so glad that I was there with Rick when he kind of oozed into that energy in Costa Rica because it happened to me for the first time when I wrote my first book in the Philippines. And it's a feeling, and it can't be... Uh, we try to express it on paper and to share it through our show, but until you do it, and that's why we're always telling people, you know, get out of your house and get out into the world. There's beautiful people doing beautiful things out there because it's a feeling and it really can't be described, but oh my goodness, can it ever be appreciated? And it can be relived 
at the oddest times, I can be in a horrible space surrounded by intense negativity and fear and relive those first moments of, of knowing what that what that faith in everything is all about and I can find myself centered and grounded really easily. And it's it's such a beautiful gift that these people offer us when we go to their country because they're offering a life lesson more valuable than anything you could ever get in any book, in any store, in any movie, on any radio show, on any TV show. The gift that they give just simply in the being of who they are is it's priceless and it's infinite. And it's the gift and that I'm, we try and encourage each one of you to give because if you're listening to this, you got it in there, so let it out. Go, go, go out there with them. Give that <laughs> because yeah. because you 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 will you'll be the that light in the crowd and um, uh, because we can't all move to Costa Rica, it's a relatively small country. But uh, <laughs> no. you know, I, have, I, have, I have a theory about that though, Rick. It's it's you guys, I'm sure, understand the power of a mantra, right? I mean, no, whether it's. Yes. Uh, Christian prayer or a Sanskrit prayer, there's power in mantra, the, the constant repetition of something that will lead you to an experience. Pura Vida, pure life, is the mantra that every Costa Rican says, I would imagine a couple handfuls a day. It's just the natural way that they greet each other by saying pure life, pure life, pure life. And you say that again and again and again, even if it's unconscious, you're still reinforcing that you are part of interacting with and contributing to a pure life here in Costa Rica, in this jungle. I mean, it's pure when you look around. Even in San Jose, you can look up and see some beautiful mountains. In the jungle where you guys were, down here with us, it's, it's evident. From the moment you look outside your window, it's pure life all around you. Life is just doing what it does, thriving in every way possible. If you stand still, you'll be eaten by ants or the jungle eventually. It's pure life. You're living at the fullest. So it's a positive, constant reinforcement that they're saying to each other and to themselves. And that's a great benefit. And that's something we can do in America is we can find those positive things. Looking at the perception you were saying earlier, looking for the people running in to help, the flags flying from all countries, all the people there, the spectators, the families. I even saw today a yoga bag laying. It was an American flag in, the, in a, yoga, a yoga bag made from an American flag. And it was laying in a picture of the blood on the side of the street. And that, to me, was just poignant. In itself, so mantras like these can help Americans, not the fear that's being put out into the airwaves, and really just pulling us in that muck. And those experiences, whether you go to Costa Rica, whether you find a meditation group, a yoga group, a discussion group, a Mensa group, whatever's you know turning your crank, and you, and you have that experience of warmness of oh, I'm these are my peeps, I'm here with my my people, and it's comfortable i can relax into this collect those up in your like little touchstones in your medicine bag and when some of this stuff's going on pull one of them out and touch it like a worry stone they used to talk about except to call these joy stones or connection stones um because like you were saying gene about i can be in this weird horrible energy and relive one of these moments and i just right back into 
relaxing into it. And 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 it it's that's such a powerful memory. I can literally smell. Um, I can smell the air of the Philippines, and the, I. I don't know if any of our listeners have actually landed, ever landed in the Philippines, but even though Manila is a very big city, and, and of course they have their pollution issues, um, I think all countries have a very specific feel to them and a, and a smell. And in the Philippines, I found a very specific smell, and that's what happens to me when I get in that negative space that I don't want to be in. That's the first thing that happens is I can smell it and it it washes over me like a wave. It it's it's such an intense feeling and I know that everything's going to be okay. That's my reminder that everything's going to be okay. And I because we all need that to to we, we all need something to remind us because we're all human and we can get lost in fear and anger and hate. And so it's it's, it's such a gift that they've given me that they've offered me in just visiting their country and learning from them to be able to carry that home with me and share that with the world in just being, I, I don't have words. Like I said, I get, I, I just want everybody to experience that on yeah. some level. I was going to say, I was lucky when I was, when I was younger because I did a fair bit of traveling with my parents. And even though my father was a businessman, et cetera, et cetera, he, and, and we did stay in some, you know, fancy landmark hotels in big cities like Paris and London. But what he always did, one, he took the whole family with him. He's not. He said, I'm not going over to Europe and y'all don't get to go. So everybody load up. And the other thing that he did is he would either rent a car or uh, get a driver, and we would take off and get off into the, you know, you needed a map and you probably had to turn it upside down and stop and ask for directions. Uh, countryside and get out of, you know, uh, I used to laugh. I worked on a cruise ship for a while. We'd pull into Aruba and there were these big hotels, looked just like Miami Beach to me and, and, and right sort of angle-wise across from where we docked was some McDonald's and you'd see, I used to say you could see, you, you could have painted the American flags on them because they would all just, they would make an ant trail from the ship to the McDonald's. And I'm like, you're in Aruba. You want a Big Mac? Go eat some Aruba. Anyway, we're going to get way off the writing a book in Costa Rica. <laughs> but it's a vitally important subject at a time like this that you that you have some of those touchstones. And reach back in there. You've got some somewhere. Reach for the emotional touchstone, not so much the situational one. So. So. I'm, I'm gathering that for you, Jameson, it was a very smooth transition into this energy because it kind of was like going home for you. Oh, yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, there was a, a great longing to get back to it. And so, did so walk me through now because I, and this is the reason that we bring people on the show. Um, because although we'd love to highlight your work that you've done, um, the, the real juicy for me is the life that you've lived to get to the work that you've done. Uh-huh. So one of the things that we often try to encourage our listeners to do is, is jump off that cliff. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of, again, there's that weird fear with letting go of an old life and 
and just diving into this new one. Um, and that's something that that more and more people are, are embracing the idea of now. And it's exciting because it's it's initiating this huge change of perception in our world, like globally, just right across the oceans, everywhere you go. People are saying, yeah, I didn't like the energy over there, so I thought I'd come here and check it out and look where I am. Ten years later, I'm really happy. Um, so walk us through kind of the the process that you went through mentally, emotionally, um I mean, other than saying to yourself, this is not a space that I should be in for the rest of my life, so I'm going to go over here. Was there ever any, you know, doubt, fear, or did it just flow naturally for you and here I am and this is where I'm supposed to be? Yeah, no, I I would say there's never been any doubt or fear. Um, I was lucky as a child to, to move around a lot, again, a matter of perception, but we moved around a lot. I, I Spent some time with my dad in Singapore. Uh, lived in Venezuela for a year and a half when I was young, uh, and then we moved around the U.S. a few times, following oil, those good things. It really, it helped me get used to adapting quickly, making friends, and uh, and acclimating myself to to new arrangements and new situations. And then in my, from the time I was 19, um, decided that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to keep traveling and seeing what I can see. And ended up in uh, New Mexico and Colorado. In New Mexico, I I started finding out about Reiki, and I started understanding about energy, and uh, spent some time in Sedona, and started seeing and actually feeling energy in a way that I had never imagined I could. Um, I knew from the time that I was young that I wanted to try to help people. I remember sitting in church and crying at 13, saying, "I want to be a preacher. I love what he does. I just wanted to move people, because like like he was moving me." And uh, then when I was in New York City for about eight months doing a lot of yoga in New York. Um, and I had a few heart-opening experiences in class where I just uncontrollable laughter, uh, seeing my chakras open up in the in the mirror in front of me. And I'm like, okay, I think this may be what I want to do. So that was a natural transition for me into yoga, something that was in my body for many, many, many lifetimes, I think. Um, and also becoming a... Um, a body worker, and eventually combining those two with the the ever evolving psychic abilities that began to manifest themselves within me as well, and then I just became a light worker. Traveling the last twelve years and doing those things, I felt like I was always trying to listen to where the universe sent me. Um, I could look back now and question many of the moves that I made and and some of the connections that I made and broke, but can't we all do that? I have to believe that where I am now is, is right where I'm supposed to be, and and I got here because I truly listened to my heart. I and and one of those things, one of the things about those connections that we can all look back on um, and go, huh? what the heck was that? Oftentimes, it, they do miraculous things for us, like connecting us to somebody else or pointing the way over here and then the connection that led you there kind of goes away but you're still over here and that's good so again it's it's a reminder and I'm sure that you can you can probably um back me up on this that it's not about regretting those things that you could have should have would have done or you might not have should have done it's about recognizing the value and the worth 
of the good things that come out of the things that sometimes we perceive as having not been so good. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll totally back you up on that. It comes down to, to judgment. I remember this, uh, I believe it was good old Jesus who said, uh, judge not lest ye be judged. Or one of his cousins in there. I'm joking. Please forgive me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I learned. Or all of them, maybe. I don't know. Exactly. It, it might be. have been George. I'm it's just probably George. I'm curious, though. I don't it's know. So, um, <laughs> I, I just felt like, to me, that meant judge not lest you be judged means don't judge yourself. Start with yourself. If you don't judge yourself, then you'll have a greater tendency not to judge other people. And it's a constant battle with me daily to do that because I, I want to hold myself accountable. But at the same time, I just want to trust that I've always tried to do the best that I can in the moment when the decision needs to be made. And that's all you can do because it's all about the now, right? I mean, it's not about the what's going to be tomorrow and what happened yesterday. It's about right now. Who am I talking to right now? What am I doing right now? What am I seeing right now? And when we let go of that judgment, and that's, um, I wrote a blog a few months ago. Yeah, I do radio show now, so my blogging has been really sporadic. But one of the things I see in the value of that that phrase, judge not lest ye be judged, is um, when you have gotten to the place and the space that allows you to not judge yourself, you've not only brought yourself to the point where you no longer wish to judge others, but others' judgments of you don't touch you. They just kind of wash over you and they don't affect you and they don't jack with your vibration and they don't jack with your energetics. And um, and I think that that's really important as well because when when we get there, then I think it's really, it's judge not lest you be judged. If you judge others and you judge yourself, then you're saying it's okay to judge. So others will in turn judge you and this will affect you. So it's a threefold kind of message. And um, it's it's a great way to live your life. And again, I'm certainly not perfect. I have my moments. I'm not going to say that I'm perfect in every moment and I'm I'm perfectly pure. Well, I'm perfectly imperfect there it is i'm perfectly imperfect and i like it that way um but it's so important it's so important that we work first like you said on ourselves that has to be our first step because who cares what the world's doing really i i know that sounds harsh and cruel to some but it's self first as our good friend veronica says is not selfish yes that is true consider from yourself first not only about yourself first you know the the transition into the to the book. Um, it, it came to me in a way that I was told that I was supposed to write the book, so I felt like there was a support behind me. When the words and the images started coming to mind, what came out on paper was so influenced by everything that I'd done, and it was almost like writing myself to therapy. And as I watched this character unfold and going back and reading it once I was done, I was just amazed at the way the character, Nick, looks into who he is now and then learns something about who he was that he never thought. And he had to deal with the guilt, the the judgment upon himself of what he had done in his past. And only when he can recognize and free himself from that is he able to move forward into an even greater destiny that he, he had no idea was waiting. 
I think we're all subject to that, waiting to find our greater destiny if we're really, really looking for it. But it comes with not judging yourself, forgiving yourself from whatever it was you think you did or didn't do in the past, and just being okay to move forward from right now, the now, in this moment. Absolutely. Amen. Because only in only in a space of forgiveness of self and a space of non-judgment can we truly open ourselves up and say, okay, I'm ready. Show me the signs. Lead me where you want me to go. And because when you judge yourself and when you can't forgive yourself, then you can't bring yourself to believe that you are capable of great deeds. And And... That is what stops you effectively from blossoming and expressing and living in your passion and and, and being a whole being. From that judging space, you the idea comes and then you judge the idea. Oh, I, I don't want to have anything to do with mangoes. What? I'm not a mango farmer. What? When really the whole <laughs> mango thing was just to get you to meet somebody or see a book or whatever, uh, yeah. synchronicity doesn't, it's kind of like that whole great circle route for navigation or whatever. It doesn't look like a straight line on the map, but it really, it's the shortest way to get there. <laughs> yeah, how do you draw a line from you to yourself? Right. You know, if you're going to go looking inside, yeah, do you draw a circle or do you draw a um a black hole, or I mean, what is it? There's, it's, it's just that constant into the self motion, and then back out to the to the outer self, and and it's just that constant exchange, that that pulling in in both directions, the magnetism and the and the expansion on that. So, the quickest way between two points, just be there. Okay, so I have. A question that I'm dying to ask now, and I'm not sure if we should take a break first because this is going to take us into who's George. Oh, no, maybe we should. <laughs> and it has all to it has to do with you and your writing, and mm-hmm. somebody telling you it was time to write a book. So, so yeah, we'll take yeah. a quick musical break maybe and get back to uh, how you do that. There you go. Well, and it makes for a great musical segue. Um, oh, echo segue. Um, because I thought we would play our, our ever-famous favorite Earth Prayer song, uh, which is based around Ho'oponopono, which is all about forgive us, forgive me. And uh, uh, But then knowing in the asking that it's a done deal. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, so this is our dear friend Ina V with her song Earth Prayer. We'll be back in about five minutes. Stay with us, folks.
back everybody again that was our dear friend Ina V at www.enavie.com she's doing some really great cool stuff with uh, the proceeds from the song so drop by and check her out uh, and now we're back with Jane over here who's doing some amazing philanthropic things with herself <laughs> oh, and um, uh, and our 
friend and easy family member, Jamison Schultz. Hey, hey. Who randomly wrote a book because he got told to. Somebody all right, told him Jameson, to. Let's get down. Let's get down to brass tacks because you know we're all dying now. Who told you to write the book, Jameson? There you go. A uh, good friend of mine when <clears throat> I was living in Singapore, my friend Michelle um, Chimpaka, who lives in Bali. She was doing some work on me, a shamanistic healing session, and uh, she's like, whoa, someone's coming through. And I said, okay, who's coming through? And she said, um, well, he's uh, it's an alien. I've never seen this before. He said he's a very angry um alien very uh lizard like and he's very pissed off and i'm like okay and you know i'm just i'm just going with it and and i've heard some pretty crazy things told to me before that actually ended up happening so i am fully on board for crazy um and so she says he says that you were his prisoner on another planet and that he, they want you back and i'm just like okay cool so i'm sure can all right and then he left and um then somebody else came through, and she's like, okay, this person says that they were your brother, um, that you're actually a Syrian, and um, that you have a mission. And that was it. And I went back. I, I sat up in, on the table with, with Michelle, and she's like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, well, you should hear it from my freaking end. <laughs> and... Um, I went home, you know, I went home and I just sat down and I started typing and I'd been told about a year before I just had a vision, just clear voices come through and, and said, you are to write this and a story came to my mind and I'd started writing the story in Thailand, got about um, 16,000 words into it and I realized now that that's actually um, the, the second book because when this came through and I just started writing about this character, Nick and, and everything that I had ever gone through spiritually myself is um, just started to come out in this character and it just all made sense it flowed perfectly and of course of course it yeah, did of course and, it is. and if you read the book I mean you'll, you'll see um, I mean you have I'm sure but um, for anyone else who reads the book they'll, they'll see who those beings were in, and I don't know if they were visions that were given to me in order to have information for the book. I don't know if they were given to me because that was me. And it's, it's still, when I read now, I can't even separate from Varan and Nick in, in the book. I just have to, like you said, not care and yeah. go on with my, my daily life. Cause if we get hung up in our past lives or, or sideways lives, other dimensional lives, we totally lose contact with what's going on here. It's nice to keep it in, in the periphery at all times if you need it, if you need to access it. You know, if I need to turn around and have a conversation with my unicorn, I'll talk to my unicorn. If I need to have a conversation with my fiancé, I'll have a conversation with my fiancé. Neither one of them are ever... Um, I don't ever know what to say until the moment comes, but if I need to experience a 3D experience or if I need to experience a 5D experience, they're there. I'm sorry, they I'm are, way off. It, no, no. <laughs> no, that's, not at all. No, you're, you're right, you're right... <laughs> You're right in there. You're right where you need to be. <laughs> um, uh, wow, you know, I because I I haven't I don't think I've sent you yeah I've sent you the first book but I haven't sent you the the second book and the yeah, second book that I wrote was channeled the whole the whole thing the whole book, um, uh-huh. the whole book is is uh-huh. channeled so I get where you're coming from and she had to be thought um, she was so off in space. Oh, 
dude. You you can't stay in that state for long periods of time and still function in this reality that we have chosen to come here and function in. And I think that that's one of the – so you're exactly – that. yes, I love what you just said because it's a choice. And it's wonderful and beautiful and, and fantastic to be aware of these other spaces and these other realities and these other dimensions – and and to acknowledge that we've done this many, many times before, and we will no doubt do it many, many times after, but to embrace this and now experience, because really there's there's so much of this idea of let's get into non-physical, and non-physical doesn't feel pain, and non-physical doesn't blah, 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 and why can't we be more like that? And, and the answer is very simple, because you've chosen to come here and be physical. So if you want to be physical... Bring what you can of the spiritual you, because you're all spiritual, into your physical. But don't let go of the physicality of that, because you really this experience is dynamic and breathtaking and diverse and exciting. And, and goodness gracious, wouldn't life be freaking boring without duality? What would we do without duality? I'd go nuts if I didn't have the duality of physicality. And we, well, we recognize that it's a paradox, so that's the beauty of paradox. It's fun. So, you know, I love how you express that, that you can do any of those things. I can be in this space or that space and that space, and it's all still me. And that's great. Because well, creativity, though, and, and, and you guys know this, creativity is one of the moments when we are closest to our highest self and if you want to go farther say closest to divinity closest to god we are that connection between manifest and unmanifest when we are creating and to write for me was feeling that a little aperture if you will at the uh, on my shishumna on my central spinal spiritual channel would just open itself up and just let enough light in to come through in words and that's a 5D, 4D experience it's an other D experience 3D was the vessel that I was in to be able to put it down on the on the keys but it came through from another understanding and from another existence and, and to me those are the moments when we as people we as human beings living this human experience that's when we experience both of those. That's when we live at our best balance is we, when we are allowing creativity to push the physical person to go do something great or stupid, whatever. We, Just go and, do it. And we, we call that blended beingness, and it, that is. It's the perfect blend of that awareness and acknowledgement and, and even that step into that 5D energetic while still maintaining your physicality in 3D reality and that's awesome it's such a fun way to live because it opens your world up like you wouldn't believe you'll see magic unlike that you ever possibly imagined you could see and you can take that magic and 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 marry it with your ordinary everyday life and how cool is that what what an opportunity for us to bridge that gap. But we love to get stuck in both ends of the spectrum. We, we, excuse me. We really want to be in the physical when we're doing something that we think is unspiritual. You know, if you, if you you want to go out and, and you you want to do something, 
that people would say, oh, that's not spiritual. Well, then you just sort of hide from your spirit and you do it in the physical. But then when you want to go fully spiritual, it's like, oh, I got to leave this dirty, filthy body behind, you know, I got to cleanse it all out. And that's certainly not blended beingness. That's that duality that tends to kick us in the ass every day. And we just let it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giggling. <laughs> because getting all choked up over uh, that, you know. Because uh, that's really funny. Um, we yes, we do. We do. We do allow it to kick us in the butt. And and if we go to great extremes of either extreme, and that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, I recognize that because I went there, and it was scary coming back because. I was in this space where all I had to do was write and people would bring me food and it was great and I didn't feel pain or, or anything else. But I also didn't feel very much compassion. Um, I didn't understand other people's suffering. I could feel it empathetically, but it didn't actually hurt me or damage me in any way. Or make and any so sense. It wasn't, or make any sense. I was confused by it. So... I don't want to live there and live in a physical world because <laughs> that is not a very comfortable space to be in. But I don't want to be all the way into physicality without being aware of this amazing other space that I can have an everyday jump off to anytime I wish. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and that's, that to me is, it, again, bridging the gap. Like it, when once you've gone to both extremes, you find a happy medium. And you can live there, and and think your life just opens up for you. Just yeah, it blossoms. That's the middle like, path. That's completely the middle path. You find that middle ground. You blossom. You know, and a blossom, the flower is so beautiful because it has roots to hold it. You know, it's both ends of those are beautiful. The roots are just as beautiful as the flower, and that that blending and that blossoming has to take place on all levels from the physical manifesting right out into the energetic. I mean, you are every one of the different energy bodies that you are. And why not experience all of them at the same time? Enjoy the hell out of the physical, but understand it from one of your other greater bodies. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, because it, it, it fleshes it out. It brings lots more depth and richness to it, uh, to, to me as well. But... Uh, yeah, we, we we ducked everyday connection in there. This George must know we have been expanding and have new listeners because we're like explaining how we came up with all the names for everything <laughs> without really planning to. Yeah. yeah, it just kind of. I mean, this is this is how that that came up is that you want to make that connection every day, but it's it's not about being one or the other. It's about being both because that's what you are, and why not embrace it? Because I, I find it's much more entertaining and much more fun to play in the energy of both, a balanced energy of both, and, and then to try and go to either place and have to choose between. I don't want to choose between. And I don't want to bounce back and forth. And I, I, I don't, I guess maybe at the end of the day, there's that fence-sitting thing that came up very early on in the writing of my first book, was I don't want to be the fence-sitter who's trying to decide which dynamic I want to live in or which paradigm I want to live in. I want both. And being a creative, spiritual human being, I have the ability, the right to have both. Well, it's you that built the fence. That's the whole thing. You see yourself sitting on a fence. It's like, okay, well, why the hell did I build a fence in the first place? If the fence's not there, then I got one foot in both worlds at both times. You know, it's that division that we create 
that duality that we were talking about earlier. Just don't do it. There is no spoon. There is no <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we. I was watching Gene's great video about uh, you know clips from our first year uh, on the air, 2011, and and mm-hmm. uh, I think it was. David Cole that was talking about in in ancient Hebrew, they didn't have a separate word for spiritual and physical. It was like what what you you would have said to them, you know, well that that's spiritual, that's not physical, and they would have just looked at you like you were an alien because they don't they didn't they didn't talk about life that way, and most indigenous peoples didn't so much talk about life that way. It was just you know understood. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so, well, I don't want to do this. It's not spiritual enough. You're a spiritual being. If you're doing it, it's spiritual. Get over it. Get get over it, people. Semantics. And it, it, it is semantics, but it, it's very difficult for some people to recognize that um, because then, you know, then they go through the whole process of, okay, you're telling me that that murderer who's sitting in jail for killing, you know, 10 people and and – you know, it, you're telling me that that person's spiritual. Well, yes, of course. You can't tell me that there's a creative energy that created all of this, but that person over there was created by something else it, because they're not right. There's something wrong with them. You can't. You can't do that. It has. To, there has to be. And I guess that kind of takes me back to when you're talking about pura vida and you're talking about pure life. And when you go into the jungle. I don't care who you are, but at some point you're going to recognize the circle of life there because, uh-huh. yeah, animals eat animals, bugs eat you, snakes will bite you, snakes eat birds, birds eat bugs. I mean, come on, people, really? But you don't lock the snake up for doing what it does because it's a snake. If the snake bites you, you probably shouldn't kill it because it's, it's defending itself. You probably shouldn't it's, have it's a natural. On it. You probably shouldn't have been where you were. So the point is, is that when you see that in the jungle and you acknowledge that there is this, there can be a very violent existence within the matrix of a jungle or or any kind of natural environment. There is some kind of semblance of violent existence there for the eyes, if you're aware. But you don't allow it to anger you. You don't allow it to take you out of your Usa moment or your Usa space because you know that it's natural. It's of God. We'll, We'll go there. It's of God. So... it's my hope that people can, and I I know how difficult this is, but it's my hope that people can learn to view the world in that way because when you can view the bum on the street in equal equality to the priest in the temple or, you know, I mean, whatever it is, the nurse who's who's healing sick and the wounded, um, if you can view them as all equal and coming from the same place, then it's it's a much more peaceful space to be in, I guess. And I, I it is, it is. You're I, so right. You know, I, 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 what I hear you saying, and and when you talk about these people that say, "Oh, this person's different," it's because that person is choosing to separate them from the other person. And um, you know, Rick, earlier you mentioned the name Hopono Ono, and. Um, or was it Ho'oponoono? Yes, I think I was yeah, talking but, about the skater, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Hawaiian pronunciation throws yeah, me for Ho'oponoono. And um, if you look at part of of the ideas of of that practice, it's mirroring other people in yourself. 
and, and I think the separation that happens is when we separate someone else as different from us and we, we don't identify that that person has every same aspect that I have within myself. They're just choosing to live it and express it in a different way. And the way that I think we can come together and begin to have genuine, authentic compassion and empathy, but at the same time empower each other to push into something bigger is to identify with every single person as if they were you. Be in yourself what you want to see in them. And that's one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to write this book was I wanted to give a character for someone to read and identify with at least one, if not many or most or all of the aspects of what this one character and all the other ones in the book are going through. Because if we write characters, whether they be good, bad, weak, or strong, characters need to speak to every aspect of us as a reader because we are all good, bad, weak, strong. And we have to identify with those things. And and I just wanted in this in Stellar Resolve to to give people an identify identification with something that's actually bigger and and more free and more accessible in life through realization and through acceptance and through forgiveness of yourself and, and acceptance of, of making a greater contribution to humanity and, and the world and the whole cosmos because, you know, there's a whole bunch of other planets out there waiting on us to wake the hell up. And a lot of people that we've been away from, from uh, you know, many lifetimes and, and they're just on the other side of that veil saying, you know, come on, guys, wake up because we're really bored. Let's play some Parcheesi or something. Yeah. It, oh, my goodness. Really. It's so true. And that's, you know, kind of how I saw it when I was writing my second or how it was presented to me when I was writing my second book. It's like, we're your older brothers and sisters, and we've been kind of hanging around, and we've been watching you, and we've been trying not to interfere when you fall down and pick you up because you got to learn to fall down and pick yourself up. So we're here, but, um, you know, you're you're bordering on adulthood now, so we'd rather be friends with you and hang out and go to the bar and have a drink than have to take on this big brother-sister role anymore. Like, can we just be friends, go hang out and play? Kind of thing, and, and yeah, that was... That's where our Tales from the Campfire freaking eye-opener for me. thing came from. Yeah. Was that, you know, after, you know, we kind of wandered around in groups, we're like a troop of actors that, you know, went to Costa Rica to play Shakespeare, and now we're back home, and, and we're all sitting around the campfire telling stories about, man, can you believe the one night when I fell right down, forgot my lines, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a little bored sometimes. 3D board, we'll call it 3D board, <laughs> and then yeah. you just gotta just gotta step back and say, oh, okay, hold on, hold on. There's a whole lot of fun to still be had. Let me uh, don't get caught up in all this, and uh, don't be 3D stuck. I guess you would say. Yeah, and don't play the board, board games. Exactly. B O R E D. You gotta play the other board games. But but um, I, I'm curious uh, as we're talking, and uh, I want to be sure that we. Uh, get before we run out of our next about 15 minutes that uh, we get links and things so we make sure people know how to find your book. Of course, I think they can just punch Stellar Resolve into Amazon or their bookseller of choice and find you. Uh, have you ever read a book called ET101? No. Oh, my goodness. We need to send that to you. Yes. yes. <laughs> Please do. I'm receiving all books possible. It's uh, Have it in a have it in a PDF and... and uh, uh, so that that and I, 
it's, it's I'm, I'm kooky. I already have the PDF, so I'll email it to somebody. But then I go to her website and pay her for another copy of the PDF. She's probably wondering, who's this dude in Houston that has bought 20 PDFs and only downloaded one? What is that? About? <clears throat> it, it's called it's called respecting somebody's work is what it's called, and I love you for it. I love every time you do it, and I think that it's it's a shining example of of respect for somebody's creative energy. So I have to I have well, to give you props for that. I have to and I have to do it on the air because I think that it's it's beautiful that you not only say a truth but you actually live it and breathe it. And um so, you know, maybe someday that crazy guy that keeps paying her for those multiple copies can send her an email and get her butt on the show cuz <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't do I'm the guy who keeps buying apparently no, but I bet you if you email her and say, I'm the guy who keeps buying a coffee and this is why I keep doing it, now come on my show. Come yeah, play with me. Well, it's that TED Talk from, uh, what's her, I can't think of her name now, but she's she's after a concert, this guy came up with her with a $10 bill and he said, I, I burned a copy of your CD from my friend's, I, I, I here, and like ducked his head and held out the money because <laughs> he felt bad. It's it's a fantastic book, and Jameson, I think it's going to make you laugh hard. I, I think hope you're going to have a lot of giggle moments in it. I know I certainly did. Um, it, it's probably one of my favorite little manuals of all time. <laughs> it's absolute genius. And somebody told her to write it too. <laughs> yeah, I'll imagine so that. So before we get, imagine that. So before um, we get much further. Yeah, because, you know, we can often get lost in conversation. Can you, because we have many, many podcast listeners. Um, they're legion, uh-huh. <laughs> and we love them. Thousands. So can you spell out for us verbally your website and your link so that they can find you? Yes. Right now we are working on, um, I, I just actually have uh, my Facebook page going. Uh, we're revamping okay. the website. So that would be facebook.com slash Stellar Resolve, S-T-E-L-L-A-R-R-E-S-O-L-V-E. You can oh, also do... Star Resolve, not the, the you know, other kind of Stellars. Exactly. You know, it's both. It's well, yeah, both. it could be. It's both, actually. It's Stellar Resolve. That's the double meaning of the of the, of the, uh, the book there. So Not this or that. It's this and that. Resolve, and it's also a Stellar Resolve, because uh, at the end... Of the book, there is a solving of a problem with some star energy. So, my own play on words for Georgism. Myself. Yeah. Georgism. George Georgism. slapped me with that one for sure. Yeah, George does that. <laughs> you know, it's also on. So, where else can they find it? We're also on Smashwords. I think I've um, just put up. Let's see here. Send that to you guys. Yeah, I've got... Um, you do Smashwords and uh, Stellar Resolve, or you just do Stellar Resolve, Smashwords on Google, you'll get it. Uh, Stellar Resolve um, on Amazon as well. Uh, I would prefer if people would, wouldn't mind getting it from my publisher's site, actually, and that's at the Cypress Publications. Cypress Publications. And, um, and we will have all of these on our uh, archive of the show uh, later tonight or certainly by in the morning. Um, but just for you guys that are out there in podcast land, um, you know, it's cypresspublications.com, and I would imagine you can just search for Stellar Resolve, or you can just search for Jameson. And Schultz, also, you guys can, can search for for um, 
Charles Gilchrist, if you will, an amazing artist, and he did the cover for us. And I have to give accolades to Charles because he's a friend of mine and he's an amazing artist. And, and anyone who wants to delve anywhere close to understanding or beginning to understand and or appreciate sacred geometry, go to his YouTube site and, and see his amazing videos. Absolutely. You get, he's Absolutely. super yeah. easy to find. You, you just go to YouTube and to do cyber ge- uh, sacred geometry. And he's usually in the first Three. Yes. Absolutely. And you can also come back here on May 2nd and um, listen to a show featuring awesome. one Charles Gilchrist because we're yes, having yes. him on the show for that very reason because he's an absolutely incredible artist, individual, and I'm dying to know all about this sacred geometry stuff and have him bridge that gap for me because that's been a large gap <laughs> this is geometry math no wait i'm going away now i'm hiding yeah um, so yeah that's... the brief discussion we had when he was on the show already i remember yeah. the typing coming through the skype oh my god i get it i was like see i told you charles can just he's got a gift for communicating this thing because I'm a math-brained person, and so I get I start talking about it, and people's faces glaze over, their eyes glaze over, they go away. Well, Charles is like sitting in the bar with your best buddy and having him tell you over a beer what it means, and you're like, no, really, now I get it. You're so right. Thank you for that. Let's have another. And it's exactly how it felt, too, so I can't wait to do 90 minutes with him because it's going to be an absolute hoot. The man is absolutely brilliant. He's just uh. brilliant. <laughs> It's it's such a blessing to be having him on the show. Um, so before we give you the floor, because I'm going to give you the floor tonight, because I think that'll be fun. Um, but before we give you the floor, we're going to explain quickly the George thing, because it's come up multiple times. And we do have new listeners. We always have, have new listeners, and they're like, all right, what is by George? I think he's got it. What is this all about? Early on in the writing of, um, no, near the end of the writing of my first book, I had to find a word for God, because calling him God, I knew that wasn't in alignment with where I was going because I was going to be talking to Muslims and, um, you know, Hindus and, and all, you know, New Agers and all these different people who saw it as, as indigenous peoples and all these different people who saw it, used a different name for it. And, and using God felt kind of like I was pigeonholing that word into the, my Christian background. So I sat on my couch one day and I said, all right, what do I call you? Because God's not working. <laughs> um, and I got this answer, George, call me George. And I was like, are you really George? George, are you kidding me? And I got told, wait, by the end of the day, you'll know why. And sure enough, a friend of mine whose name happens to me in heaven, go figure, um, called me and I said, the oddest thing happened a little while ago. I got told George and she said, well, she started, she started laughing like she wouldn't stop laughing, and finally, when she calmed down, I'm like, "What?" And she said, "Don't you get it?" And I'm like, "No, I don't get it." And she's like, "Curious George wants to know everything." And she said, "And how do you view God?" I said, "I view God as this energetic body who's experienced everything through, through physicality." And she's like, "Well, so what is that then?" And I said, "That's Curious George," and it's been George ever since. So, um, we frequently by George, you've got it. <laughs> George is our executive producer. He's our travel agent. He's our he's our financier. Senior uh, executive producer. Senior executive producer. Um, he, he basically, when you travel with George, who's going to be on the show? You, 
Yeah, exactly. You're going to get to exactly where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. So he's also the mailman. Uh, that's the too, George I heard. story. He is the mailman. Yes, and the IT director, yeah. isn't he? That's it. Yes, also the <laughs> IT director. How did he know? I don't know. And he sometimes George, uses a machine. George. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I asked in the Skype earlier. He's usually a they, actually. And I, I said, George goes by Michelle in Bali. And and then you went on and said Michelle was somebody else was speaking and I was like oh okay Whew, I feel better now I thought George something you need to tell us <laughs> just kidding but it's interesting that Michelle is Hebrew for who is who is like the Lord doesn't I mean I find that interesting that that's what Michelle means yeah well so little synchronicities here and there you know George has a fantastic sense of humor. People get this George is the greatest thing. comedian ever. You know, that's why I loved that very first Oh God movie. Yes. Because George Burns. God was played by George mm. Burns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, John Denver sitting over there. And who else to get to be the innocent, bewildered one? John Denver, you know, mm-hmm. looking at him going, but, but, but you're God. You never make mistakes. Really? Have you seen a platypus? You know, it, you know, it's just it, it, it. It's more the way that I would perceive that energy. You know, big guy with a white beard on a marble throne. Y'all go to Greece on tour and sit on some marble for a while. See how you like it. It's not a comfortable place to be. I I just don't want George to ever not be curious because if our creator is curious and wants to continue to explore physical through physical, then physical is never going to stop. And so, you know, thank George that he is, she is, they are who they are because I, it, because they are who they are. I am who I am. Yeah. That I am. Exactly. 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 So having said all that, Jameson, I'm going to give you the floor, which we, Every once in a while, do to our guests and say if you had one message for our listeners, for humanity, for whoever, um, what would it be? Run fast. No, I'm just teasing. One message would be (laughs) run fast. Play like somebody left the gate open. No, go, go, hurry, get away. Um, I would say. Start now making life exactly what you want it to be. Don't wait another day. Don't make another excuse. Go where you need to be. Be with who you need to be. Do what you need to do now and start living the exact life that you want to live. And when you have that kind of courage, all of the issues that have been holding you back begin to surface. And yes, you have to deal with them, but you are moving forward. And dealing with those is going to create enough space to be filled with something new and magical every time you let go of some of your trash, every time you let go of something that has just been, by your own choice, holding you back from filling yourself with light. The body and the mind can create some of the most densest experiences possible and they love to hold on to them and there's other people and factions out there that want you to hold on to those but the best thing you can do for yourself and for everyone else is just let more light into your being 
That's it. Awesomeness. Makes it sound so simple. It is. Sit back and find somebody, you know. Just do it. uh, So hard for so long to make it so complicated. And it does. It takes hard work to make something simple complicated. It does, and we're still getting better at that, too. We're improving every day at making things complicated. It's a Rube Goldberg thing. I, I don't know. But uh, was it Einstein that said, you know, you, if you can't explain it simply, uh, you don't understand it well enough? Because any idiot can make something more complicated. Mm-hmm. It takes genius to make it simple. It's true, but again, counterintuitive, paradoxical, that bipolar thing. That, oh yeah, duality. Yeah, yeah. That I knew we had a name for it. Duality. I'm pretty sure that um, Einstein was, you know, Syrian. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think so. I do think so. Just putting it out there, but uh, it had to be. <laughs> All right, Jameson, you are such a joy. And now that I've actually had you on the show, I can sink my teeth into your book. So I'm going to do that because I never do it before I have the guest on, but I am definitely looking forward to it. And um, I highly recommend you all go out and get it, not because I've read it, but because I've talked to the author. And that always, to me, is the selling point. If the author knows who they are, then the book is inevitably going to be fun, fascinating, entertaining, and enlightening. So get it. Buy it. Pick it up. Cypresspublications.com. Just look for Stellar Resolve. Jamison Schultz. S-H-U-L-T-S. Mm-hmm. Thank no, you. No Z. No C, uh, no Z. And uh, although, you know, he was one of my favorite characters when I was a kid from Hogan's Heroes. I know nothing. Yeah, exactly it. There was always me peeking out through the facade, you know, here and there. And I think that's true of everybody. So when you catch yourself peeking out through your facade, just come on out with it. A little crazy is good for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. A little crazy is needed every day. That's right. And uh, like we said in our special... Pura Vida every day. Everybody needs just a little more Pura Vida in their life, in their day. Uh, Because wouldn't it be cool if you could say the things that we say about the experience of being in Costa Rica with this vibrant life and these gracious people? Wouldn't it be cool if you could say that about Manhattan? And it can happen. It won't be next week probably, but it can happen. Well, you can get a T-shirt with it. It says, I love New York. I mean, you might as well everybody just buy the damn T-shirt. Yeah, just well, yeah. you know. But be sure that if you catch yourself in New York, that you go ahead and be in your Pura Vida. And somebody that you may not even notice will catch you out of the corner of their eye, and they'll go, wow, they did it, and nobody killed them. Maybe I can do it. You know, guys, I just want to thank you both for letting me have some of your time tonight and to speak to your audience. And um, it's not often that I get to speak with in these terms using these words and um I often forget that this experience and vocabulary is within me and when I talk to you tonight I get this wonderful tingling in my spine again and the tears well up and it's a reminder of how much I keep forgetting daily where I need to be within my own self and um I'm lucky to be a part of an amazing community 
here, you guys said it earlier, Serenity Gardens, Eco Village. Um, I'm lucky to be around people that are inspiring and people that are trying to build a community and, and create a way of life and 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 a, and a model of community wellness and community um, cooperation in a way that will help make us grow. We're we're creating little whole lines, if you will, little me points on the earth where people can just raise their vibration a little higher. That's all we need, just creating a little node. And Serenity Gardens is that, and I'm really glad to, to be a part of that and the people that are going on with it. And to be a part of you guys, I can't wait to get you back down here. I can't believe you were here and I wasn't here. And like like you said, Rick, how the heck did that happen, man? That, you guys come on back. Because I, they I, needed you in the States to balance that missing energy. And and I get that now that I'm talking to you. And you, on the Jameson Serenity Gardens watch, topic. So I could have some time you, off. You did. You took, <laughs> you took your Texas watch. And that's a beautiful thing. On on the Serenity Gardens topic, now that we've, know, now that we've gotten to know Jameson and who Jameson is as an author, and we've, we've learned about the journey that got you there. We would love to have you come back on. And if you have a mate out there in Serenity Gardens that you want to bring on, we would be willing to do a Serenity Gardens show um, and, and learn all about the Serenity Gardens community because it's, if the mango tree in the space that we were in is any indication and it's in alignment with and the community of Serenity Gardens. that we've gotten to know... Is, is any indication it's going to be a beautiful experience a beautiful place to visit a beautiful place to live so we'd love to do that as well so that we can tell people what the serenity gardens eco village is all about well thank you guys i I really appreciate that and um yeah serenity gardens is going to be a lot bigger than me but i'm just glad to be able to put my my energy into it and contribute and um like I say, whenever you guys are ready, you come on down. And, of course, i got a couple of people that would want to talk to you. I sent you the um, link to it there if you guys want to put it up on the archives. And, um, right yeah, let's pick a time. Let's pick a date. Um, not only for me to come back on the show, but for me to pick you guys up in San Jose and drive you down, let you see everything. Awesome. Are we hanging out with James? I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um because we, we, we love people that stand their truth and live as an example because that's where it's at, man. Uh, and people go, wow, I want what they got. What are you doing smiling? Everybody else is, like, grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a secret, but it's not a secret. It's written on a wall. A secret. <laughs> Big red flag. Don't be happy. You'll be written expected to be happy all the damn time. Right. I have to pay you extra for happy. <laughs> you know that the, the options are always there, and those energetic options will always be there, people. Yeah, yeah it's a choice, 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 choice. I can't stress it enough. It is a choice in every moment of every day, of every sure. week, every year, every lifetime. It's a choice. Make it consciously. Is is always suggest. We're not even telling you that you sh- you have to. You don't do anything. Don't do anything we tell you to do. No. Just because we said. Just because and, we said to do it. And we don't really only do it because your heart. Yeah. I I care less what you choose than the fact that you consciously choose, mm-hmm. and don't just go yeah. flipping around through life like a pinball. You know, get on some totally. of those flippers. That's you know. I I will respect. The excuse my language asshole who's being an asshole, as long as he owns that and admits and 
says this is who I am. I can respect that. I I can communicate. I may not hang out with him, but I can, you know. (laughs) I'm marrying a demon because he said, hey, this is me. And um, I said, cool. You didn't hide anything. And that's, you know, people need to realize that, that it's okay. Be Just be who you are. And and the people who are going to love you for who you are are going to come into your world. And your world's going to be a fun world to live in. And really, I mean, that's that's it. Let's just yeah. be you. You are valuable. It, we uh, not to not to interrupt, but if if you missed that message, she was just giving people. We just spent ninety minutes telling you, and we got over two hundred and fifty hours telling you on the website. So, EverydayConnection.me. <laughs> Cake. And much uh, more to come. Yes, this Thursday we have dear friend, EC family member, brother. Uh, just and the person who's responsible, almost solely responsible, yes, we have to take some credit for wanting to get healthy, but the person who brought the gift that allowed us to be healthy and to be in Costa Rica and to do all that stuff, the person who's responsible is coming to be on the show next, this Thursday. This Thursday, two days. Yeah. Our we, we had to do the energetic work, but you, then you got to feed the physical apparatus. you got to do a little spacesuit yeah. maintenance, people. And uh, Scott Kennedy's going to come. He's got some... Really cool spacesuit maintainer stuff that that really I I would not you know six months ago this trip recent trip to Costa Rica would have probably put me in the hospital I, I'm not exaggerating that or kidding uh, there are people in my life today that are shocked that I went there and made it back they fully expected to have to like you know figure out how to get medical transport or something it was really or uh, how to get back in a coffin. Yeah, there was a consideration. And uh, let's be honest, people thought he might not be coming back at all. Somebody did ask me if I had a will before I left. That's not a, a fib or an exaggeration. Um, so Scott Kennedy is going to come in, and we're going to talk about Sea Veg. Uh, you've probably seen videos up there. Again, it's a physical permission slip, Bashar would say, but it's one that really works. Uh, it has changed both of our lives and many, many other people's lives. So. Check that out, and then next Tuesday we have another offer. Author come, offer that toy boat. Another author coming on the show. So you know we like you, people. That like interestingly stuff. enough, was connected through Rosemary at at the for anybody who's listening, key into these words. Our connection to this author was Rosemary from the Mango Tree, and she writes a series of books about the Magdalene bloodline. Oh, yes, Tuesday's show is going to be an eye-opener. Yes, yeah, so, another one of those. Wow. And uh, we've got a big week next week because Gene's going to be on uh, somebody else's radio show on Wednesday. And uh, yeah. And then we have a radio host joining us Thursday. So, I mean, we're just – at the next week, Charles Gilchrist is coming. What, people? Come on. Just every <laughs> Tuesday and Thursday, you you have an evening appointment with yourself. And – and we're lining up some specials for you as we speak. We're talking to some authors, um, one from the U.K., and um, talking to a raw foods expert. Um, and we're so we're going to be lining up some specials for you as well. So keep your eyes on the schedule for that, and we'll announce them as they come. Absolutely. So join us on Thursday with uh, Scott Kennedy. Have a lovely Wednesday, and until Thursday. To our mother to each other, and especially to yourselves. Stay connected. Good night, everybody.
We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.